This is episode 20 of Everyday Wellness, Diet Dilemma, Keto, Paleo, Primal, HGH, which is right for you. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, functional nutritionist and nurse practitioner. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing today? Hi, Cynthia. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, 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 good. We have survived Halloween yet again. We did. We didn't even talk about our Halloween strategies or what we do with with the candy. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. So, So here are my general philosophies about, you know, holidays in general. Enjoy the food. Uh, just like with Halloween, enjoy a couple pieces of candy. I'm not even saying you have to go out and buy organic, non-GMO, non-junk-laden variety, but just enjoy the candy and then let it be. Mm-hmm. You know, remove the temptations. You know, I always say November 1st is a new day. So if you ate a bunch of stuff, you know, last night, today's a new day. Get back on track. Donate the candy. Throw it in the garbage. Donate to soldiers. You know, there's always dental offices in my area that are looking for donations and they'll give you a nominal amount um, for, you know, your loot. But, you know, even with my kids, they know they can pick a certain amount out. And my husband has a predilection for Reese's peanut butter cups and <laughs> uh, Snickers bars. And so the boys very nicely will put those aside for him. But as I reminded them this morning, I'm like, no one needs all this candy. We need to just enjoy it and let it be. So the whole concept of moderation, not deprivation, I'm never going to be the person that's going to shake my finger at someone and tell them, shame on you for having, uh, you know, having something enjoyable on a holiday event. My feeling is enjoy it, let it go, let it be. Um, You know, I did a video on Facebook a couple nights ago talking about like alternatives. You know, if you um, like last night I had, there's a brand called Who, H-U, and they have organic paleo dairy-free chocolate that's delicious. It is not inexpensive, but that's what I had last night. I had a couple, you know, pieces of that and it was super satisfying and it's not very sugary. So it doesn't start that whole cascade of like blood sugar issues. But the irony is the title of my video was the year I ate 20 Reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> while handing out candy. <laughs> Um, as a clue that something was wrong with my health and my hormones and all those cravings. Um, But to answer your question, that's kind of how we approach it, that I let the kids enjoy some, my husband will enjoy some, I'll have some variation um, of what they're having, and then we kind of let it go. And I find that the more stigma we we place on forbidden foods, if you will, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, the more likely your kids and your husband and everyone else, frankly, are going to want them. So destigmatize it, enjoy it and let it be. And then, you know, on November 1st, you know, this is a day to probably have some salad, 
you know, have a little more veggies, drink a little more water, move your body. All those things are good. How about you? Yeah, no, we had a similar experience. And and I think that when you also focus on the other things that are around the food, the food Mm -hmm. becomes less important. So we Mm -hmm. went to this great party with some of my son's good friends. And I really enjoy all the parents who were there and they had some cute games and the kids were all in their costume and just so excited. And we went out to do the trick-or-treating and all of the houses in town were decked out and the people were outside. It was just really engaging and it was kind of less about the candy and more Mm -hmm. about the experience. And I don't know if it's just what's going on with my son, but we've never forbidden him from eating anything. Mm-hmm. But he was like so into like sorting the candy and counting the candy and how <laughs> the many process. of these. Yeah, exactly. That he wasn't really he wasn't really into eating a whole bunch of it. And actually yeah. when we went to get out his little Halloween pumpkin that he uses to collect candy, we found a bunch of candy from last year that had oh, still been funny. in there. <laughs> Oh, how funny. Well, it's interesting because I have a middle schooler and the middle schooler and his buddies all in Fortnite attire, which if you haven't been exposed to Fortnite, don't. Um, (laughs) But if you have, uh, then you understand how ridiculous their costumes were. Uh, they all came home probably around 730. And, and so I had a whole, you know, in our den, we had a whole bunch of stinky seventh grade boys because they were all sweaty and they're sitting on the floor and they each have these massive piles of candy and they're all sorting. And, you know, I have one kiddo with a nut allergy. So he was giving all of his peanut laden, nut laden stuff to his buddies um, and then washing his hands. Uh, but it was interesting to watch the process of them sorting their loot. Whereas my fifth grader was running around and he was sweat, he was a sweaty mess, uh, with one of his buddies, just, you know, they were trying to go through as many houses as possible, as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And he came home and divvied up candy. I guess some of the teachers had said, if you have extra M&Ms or what, I forget what other candy they said, go ahead and bring it to school because they must use it. I think they use it. I don't know how in some teaching capacity, I don't think they're eating it. And so Liam was divvying up bags of particular types of candies to bring in to the teachers today, which I thought was pretty funny. So I don't know if it's boys, they were very systematic, you know, they wanted to systematically go through their candy. And of course, they kept giving me the undesirables. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, I don't want those either. (laughs) We should probably donate them. But yes, it's it's interesting as they get older, too. You know, I enjoyed um, because I now have a tween and a teen. Um, They're not as into Halloween. You know, they weren't as interested in decorating. They um, were definitely not as vested in, you know, having having Halloween themed things. So I was trying I was kind of grieving, um, you know, even from, you know, three or four years ago, how much they were really interested in Halloween. But I loved seeing all the little kids. And I was laughing at how many of them were greedily like the little ones sticking like big handfuls of candy into their bags and the parents were apologizing I was like no no that's that much less I have to get rid of please enjoy (laughs) so I was like you're doing me a favor (laughs) so true yeah well this is sort of a great introduction to what we wanted to talk about today which was eating different kinds of foods Mm -hmm. and different kinds of responses that our body has based on our individual makeup and how there are a lot of diets out there and we've been getting questions about the ketogenic diet and um, the paleo diet and Mm. how do they compare and how do we use these appropriately in our life. So do you want to just jump on with what type of questions specifically you've been getting? Yeah, yeah. So the really cool thing is that, um, you know, we will we'll definitely briefly talk about the differences between them. But we have two ketogenic experts that are going to be coming on 
um, later in the podcast series. So I will, you know, try not to step on their toes because I'm sure that they probably are far more well versed. But I would say there are probably four or five diets that I will get questions about the most. And, and I think there's just so much confusion. You know, I, I think that there is are, people are well intended and they want to, um, you know, focus on a diet that's going to be most beneficial to their health, but there's just so much conflicting information. Um, and I, I would say the big ones that I've been getting a lot of questions about lately have been the ketogenic diet, which is predominantly protein fat focused. Uh, a lot of people think it's high fat and it's not um, and with lower carbs or low ish or no carbs um, or the HGH diet, which um, there are some functional medicine providers in the Midwest. I'm not going to call them out, but they are advocating that they're functional medicine patients. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. Product with five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Weight gain is one of many symptoms that our hormones are in decline, especially as we navigate perimenopause into menopause. Dr. Anna, who is a great friend of mine, is an OBGYN who's treated thousands of women just like you and I who experience increasing dryness and even pain in the bedroom as they get older. Jolva is the solution Dr. Anna formulated for her own clients, and it has since been loved by over 100,000 women. It's a feminine cream with DHEA that helps the body regenerate moisture from the inside out. 92.8% of Jolva users experienced a significant improvement in the first four to eight weeks. Get 10% off your first purchase of Jolva by using the link dranna.com slash Cynthia. That's DrAnna.com, Cynthia, and get 10% off your first purchase. 
do HGH diets, which is where they get human growth hormone injections, and then they're on a very low calorie restricted diet, like 500 calories a day, which we all know is not good for our bodies, right? We're going to lose weight, but it's not going to be sustainable. Um, So those are the two that I've been asked about the most, but I think two other very popular variations are um, paleo diet, which is a largely unprocessed diet, which I'm a huge advocate of. Mm -hmm. Not so much that people need to be super low carb, but that you're eating real whole food. Um, or a primal diet. And primal is, uh, is paleo, but a little more relaxed. So typically when people are doing primal, they may also do some grains, they may do some dairy. Uh, but we recognize that a lot of the inflammatory foods are what most of these diets are removing. And reducing inflammation oftentimes can lead to weight loss. Uh, but it's all about bioindividuality. Like what might work well for Kelly and I may not work well for you. And so you really have to do your due diligence. You really need to work with a professional who understands the importance of bioindividuality. And there's a couple different ways that you can really look at that. And we'll, we'll dive into the science briefly. But, um, you know, just the overview is that ketogenic is largely protein fat focused, um, very low carb or no carbs or negligible carbs, if you will. HGH is human growth hormone. Um, there's also some um, information out in the uh, lay public about a um, synthetic form of HGH that people are that are consuming and they're losing weight that way. And and I'm not a fan of that either, because when you take hormones um, that you you have to fully understand that there are downstream impact of taking hormones without understanding what else is going on in the endocrine system. So that's that's not it. And that's not something I would ever advocate for. Um, and I'll probably get some angry emails like I have been getting on social media and direct messages, but I will accept that. It usually means that um, we are um, impacting people in a positive way if we're getting positive um, and as well as uh, sometimes constructive criticism from people that feel differently. Right. Um, and then paleo and primal. And Kelly, do you feel like there's anything I've left out? I mean, I, I think those are probably the four biggest ones that I talk to clients about, either they have questions or um, those are the ones that people feel like there's a lot of conflicting information, like what would benefit them, what might not benefit them. Yeah, and I think those are the main ones, especially kind of the new avant-garde ones, even mm-hmm. though it's really a return to eating foods mm-hmm. that are ancestors. Yeah, real ate. whole foods. Right, exactly. You know, some of the clients that I see have questions about the low-fat diet, and is that mm-hmm. really a way to lose weight? They've lost weight in the past on that, but it's yeah. not working now. And what does it yeah. mean to be a vegetarian or a vegan? And is that a weight loss diet, a weight loss plan? Yeah, well, you know, I think, you know, I trained in the 1990s. Um, and for those that don't know, I'm a nurse practitioner. And so I trained in the 1990s where it was still the concept of low fat, non fat garbage is what we were recommending. We felt that fat was driving a lot of cardiovascular disease and illnesses. We now know better that it's really not fat, it's sugar. And so when you take fat out of foods, you're adding in sugar and chemicals and I am not a fan, nor will I ever be of non fat or low fat anything. So if you have that in your closet, you have that in your, you know, in your refrigerator, just recognize that when they take fat out of something, they have to add quite a bit of usually chemicals and sugar to make it palatable. Um, If anyone remembers Snackwell cookies, 
or remembers um, back and gosh, I remember my college roommate and I used to laugh about this non-fat cheese, which doesn't melt because you don't know it's a gelatinous blob. Um, You know, if you're consuming those kinds of foods, what you are doing is essentially consuming a bunch of chemicals and your body doesn't know what to do with them. And oftentimes when our body doesn't know what to do with something we're eating, it thinks it's a poison and it'll wall it up and it walls it up oftentimes in adipose tissue. It thinks it's a toxin. Mm -hmm. Um, Adipose tissue is fat tissue. And um, I don't know about you, but I want to have less fat on my body and not more. So I try to eat. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. I try to eat it as unprocessed a diet as I possibly can, but I'm also a realist. And and Kelly and I really want to emphasize we are realists. We are real people. Um, I'm never going to you know shame a, a client if they say to me that they needed to have a protein bar. There's always better options. That's what it comes down to. If you're going to have something that's made in a factory, you know, there are definitely things we will suggest, you know, tips for you know, looking beyond the junk that's out there to find things that are are less processed and and therefore a bit healthier for your body. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that we can both agree on and that Mm -hmm. we can agree on is important no matter what quote unquote diet you choose is that the more whole foods, real food that you're eating, the better your body's going to do with it, not only for weight loss, but for making Mm -hmm. everything in your body work, for producing the right hormones and neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. for your brain. So for mental and physical health, sticking Mm -hmm. to more whole foods is always better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think the other thing that I find, and and there are definitely tests that we can do to see how well an individual breaks down protein and fat and carbohydrates. And that's always fascinating to look at, you know, that data, that's, that's my like medicine mindset. I like data. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also, you know, what makes you feel good? You know, I know a lot of women think that the holy grail is that they need to go low carb and no carb. And I try to remind people, yes, there are women that can exist in that space, but most people don't do well long term. If you need to lose a lot of weight, I think a low carb ketogenic diet is a great option. But long term, not everyone does well with that. And what I see in my practice, because I, you know, deal with I'm kind of hormonally focused, is that I will see people who have tanked their thyroid, they've tanked their adrenals, they're too low carb, I have a couple clients that, um, you know, exist kind of in the I don't want to say bodybuilding, but they're, you know, personal trainers and and they're and the way their body looks is their their business, their brand. And so when they go really low carb, all of a sudden, they can't sleep well, they don't have as much energy. Um, they have no libido. And so we really have to dial back and think, okay, do we need to cycle our carbohydrates? Meaning, do we need to pick certain days of the week where we're going to refuel and give ourselves more carbs to, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, bump up those glycogen stores that are in our skeletal muscles and our liver. Um, I, I really, really feel that <clears throat> people need to um, be flexible with their bodies. You know, I, I have some people that are so restrictive that if they only have X grams of carbs a day, that's what they want to exist at long term. And I just remind them, our bodies really let us know when we need to liberalize our diets. And so, you know, carbohydrates can be a sticking point for a lot of people. I find that when people go from eating chips and cookies and muffins and go to eating squash and sweet potatoes and potatoes, they do well because they're eating less processed food. They do better because they're eating a plant-based um, carbohydrate as opposed to something that's, you know, flour-based. And so I, I, I think people really have to use, um, they have to use some discretion. They, they need to be honest with themselves. I'm, I'm sure you see that with your own clients, Kelly, that sometimes I have clients who just don't want to be honest with themselves. You know, that yeah. that whole concept of, Food is fuel, 
versus food is an emotional crutch. And if you are part of the former, rah, 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 it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to ascribe to eating more healthfully than if you're someone that leans on food when you're sad or upset or mad or any number of emotions. Totally. And if you are a cereal dieter who's Mm. tried all of these different diets but have found that nothing really sticks for you, it could be that that emotional eating is part of it or driving all of it because until you fix that piece, until you recognize that emotions are normal Mm. and we're supposed to have them and feel them (laughs) and they don't require Ben and Jerry's, until you can figure that out. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because most Mm. of us aren't taught how to do that. I mean, we know more about algebra than we know about how to manage our feelings, (laughs) which still kind of blows my mind. Mm. So I don't want people to think that it's a knock against themselves. It's just Mm. a fundamental, it's a necessity really. And until people can understand and learn how to deal with those emotions, it doesn't matter if you do paleo or primal or keto, Mm. there's going to be a time when you rebound and you yeah. fall off the wagon again. Yeah. And, you know, and another, we all, yeah, we all do for sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you know, another thing is, is um, thinking about being in touch with your body. So you mentioned that some people have difficulty with sleep or other things mm. going on. So many people are very disconnected from their body for mm. a number of reasons. Um, shame about their body, Uh, not wanting to be in their body. Perhaps things have happened in the past, past little traumas with a big, uh, a little T or big traumas with a big T, like having a really big effect on their lives. All of these things can contribute to a person not being in touch with what's going on in their body. And when you have lost that connection to either your body and or your intuition, sort of your inner knowing about what feels good to your body, it's going to be really hard to know what's working for you, you know, but in fact, I think that's why some of these diets that are sold as kind of a package, like here, just eat this, just Mm -hmm. do this, just follow all these rules and you'll be fine are so seductive and so attractive because it takes away that element of having to be in touch with your body Mm -hmm. and, and think and feel. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's also a good point to bring up a term that some people may or may not be familiar with, but it's called orthorexia, because I also have those as clients, a few Mm -hmm. of them. Um, And orthorexia is a, um, and Kelly, you could certainly speak to this better than I, I probably could, but it's people who are so... Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting-edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data 
and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. I have finally found the cleanest and best tasting protein powder. It's called Clean Simple Eats. And for me personally, I am absolutely dairy sensitive and I have been able to successfully try their protein powder with no digestive distress. I love this protein powder because it is exactly what it states. It's clean and simple. It's always grass-fed with no seed oils, no junky sugary ingredients, no artificial ingredients, and it is also third-party tested, non-GMO and gluten-free. I think all of you know these things are very important to me. We know that protein is one of the most important macronutrients, and for many people that are intermittent fasting, they struggle getting in enough protein in their feeding window. And each serving has 20 grams of protein, making it a perfect addition to breaking your fast or using it during the course of your feeding window. They actually have 26 delicious all-natural flavors. Personally, I like the chocolate brownie batter, but they have chocolate mint, they've got cookie dough, and they have a delicious Simply Vanilla, which you can mix with just about anything. My entire family, especially my teenagers, really like the powders, and they also enjoy the clean Simple Eats Clear Protein Drinks, which are also clean and have 20 grams of grass-fed protein each. So if you want to try this new protein powder out, I promise you will not be disappointed. You want to go to www.cleansimpleeats.com and use code wellness20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com and use code wellness20 for 20% off your first order. If you try it out, let me know what your favorite flavor is. Pained, stressed, panicked about eating anything that's perceived as unhealthy, that it becomes its own eating disorder, uh, meaning that 
you know, they wouldn't enjoy going out to dinner because they wouldn't know every single ingredient that was in a dish. They, um, you know, would really, really struggle. And they're very rigid, much like someone that has an eating disorder. It's a, it's a form of eating disorder. Uh, and I'm starting to see some of that as well, that people are really paranoid about deviating from their quote unquote diet. So I think it's a really important distinction that sometimes these serial dieters are people that really have a masked eating disorder. Yes. That, you know, that's how they keep it um, hidden, you know, under the veil of I'm eating healthfully. Uh, so I think that's a really important distinction. Whereas I will tell you that I eat pretty clean 95% of the time. I'm admittedly gluten, grains, and dairy-free. Um, and I'm happy there. I'm, I'm in a happy space. I don't feel deprived, although my husband mm-hmm. thinks I'm completely nuts. Um, <laughs> but when I go out to dinner or I go to a friend's house and I don't know what's in everything, I don't even think about it. I just enjoy right. it. And you can go just about anywhere and get protein and veggies. I may not be eating organic when I go out to eat or eat at a friend's house, but I enjoy the um, experience of being out with people I love and care about. Mm -hmm. And I try not to focus on that. I know that um, I do have clients who get paranoid. They feel like they have to only eat at certain places because they know that it's been locally sourced and organic and pasture raised. And and that's a lot of extra energy that I would rather I would rather put into, you know, enjoying the the people that I'm around. Now, Kelly, I'm not sure how much um, you see. Do you see have any orthorexia patients or clients right now? I wouldn't say that I have anyone who's quote unquote diagnosable with that, (laughs) but I, you know, I definitely see a tendency toward people who come in and they want to lose weight Mm -hmm. and they know everything there is to know about all of these diets we've mentioned Mm -hmm. and about the caloric content and the macronutrient ratios of all of these foods. Wow. Yeah. They're very well educated. Um, but it really comes down to them in part, them not taking care of themselves and not having other things they enjoy in life. Because really, you know, if you are thinking about food, I don't know, even 80% of your day is spent about thinking about food, that's not very much time left for everything else that there is in life, for all of those other things that are important. So if a person is that focused on food and knows that much and, you know, is not utilizing that information as part of their profession, um, then I really question what's going on in their life that's making them focus so much on food. So it's often surprising to clients when they come to me and want to work on losing weight that we don't really talk about food a whole lot. You know, we talk about how they're managing their emotions and what's their self-care like? What what do they have pleasure doing in their life outside of eating? Because so many of my clients, and I think I don't even think it has to be at a level of pathology. I think so many of us in general associate food with pleasure, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of reasons that we do that, but I think that when food becomes our sole source of pleasure or one of our sole sources of pleasure, that's where it can trip us up and cause eating issues and weight gain. And, you know, just, just that focus on eating all the time is so stressful. And we Mm -hmm. know that stress brings cortisol and cortisol Mm -hmm. causes dysregulation of our hormones to include insulin and ghrelin and leptin and all of those things that regulate how much we want to eat, um, that it can just be a very, a tricky situation. You know, yeah, the good thing is that it's, it's not, 
So it's simple to make those changes. The changes are simple themselves, but it is a new learning process. Because like I said before, we haven't really been taught to do some of these things. So it's it's simple to say, okay, I'm just going to get more self-care in my life and deal with my emotions because that's mm-hmm. often the solution. But the process of doing that takes a little bit of time and education and support. And that's such a good distinction. I think that, um, you know, people that are quote unquote emotional eaters may not even realize that um, and even people who aren't emotional eaters, uh, you know, they may not recognize that it's a um, kind of a strategy and adaptive way that our, our, our brains have kind of shifted us to not dealing with discomfort, mm-hmm. um, of any capacity. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that really makes sense. I mean, I, I know that, um, you know, the biggest pain point, I mean, without a doubt, I could do a hundred videos on this and they always do well on social media is what are women really like unhappy about? And they'll always make it about weight, but it's always yeah. about so many other things, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. So I think the diet piece definitely, definitely plays into that without a doubt. But I would love for our listeners to let us know what are your burning, you know, burning questions about nutrition. Um, I myself, I mean, I, I mentioned already, I'm gluten grains and dairy free. So technically, that makes me paleo, but I don't put myself in a box. I just think it's very limiting. I just explain to people that I had to do that for health reasons. And I'm I do better without those three kind of broad groups, but I still eat plenty of things that I enjoy. I mean, I, I found a, a wonderful paleo, <laughs> paleo, uh, dairy free chocolate called who the brand is H U. Um, if who's listening, we'll be happy to let you um, <laughs> send us any free samples. But I think it's fantastic. It's not inexpensive. But uh, you know, if I have it, I don't feel guilty at all. Um, but I, you know, I think we all have things that you know, we enjoy in our diets on, you know, on the, you know, not necessarily the regular, but or regularly, but, you know, mm-hmm. certainly things that we gravitate towards. I've, I, you know, can make some mean plantain chips, but there's a, a brand that Whole Foods carries that I love too. So if I really have a burning desire for something salty, that's what I gravitate to. That's cool. And I think, you know, it's important to know those good substitutions or when you do yes. have a craving for something and it's truly a craving because you want it, you want a taste of it. It's going to make you feel good. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But when well, your absolutely. craving is three bags of plantain chips mm-hmm. because you've just had a bad review at work, you know, that's a totally different thing. And exactly. I think, you know, another thing, and maybe you experience this with your clients is that when I, when I approach the idea of eating to cover up emotions, my clients will say, yeah, but I don't get sad or happy or too happy or, or angry. And I said, exactly, because you're not letting yourself feel those things because yeah. you're turning yeah. to food or for some people it's mm-hmm. alcohol or shopping or, you know, something else. But most oftentimes it's food. No, those vices, you know, the other one that I, I oftentimes will see, although it's not as socially acceptable to speak about it, um, you know, vices are, are in the form of food, sex drugs Mm -hmm. or alcohol. Um, Shopping is another one, but we, most people gravitate more towards one or another to suppress what they don't want to deal with. And I, I, a hundred percent, we, we should probably get somebody on to talk about that. I think that would be fascinating vices and how we manifest them in our lives. Yeah. Because, you know, the sad thing is they work, they increase that Mm -hmm. dopamine hit temporarily. Mm -hmm. um, And it's often, it's an artificial pleasure. It's not Mm -hmm. the same kind of dopamine hit we get from eating a chicken breast with salad. (laughs) It's totally different. And then the mind sort of, 
you know, uses that as the new set point for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get that same pleasure again from, from normal activities. Yeah. That's fascinating. The brain is fascinating. So like I said, let us know if you've got burning nutrition questions. We are here to answer them for you. But those are the four main questions or diets that I get questions about pretty regularly. We will be having two keto experts on um, later in the year that I'm super excited to connect with. And obviously, let us know what you're interested in learning about. Great. We'll talk to you soon all. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.